Last week, I told you I was going to Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, we left on Sunday, and I, I, Monday, I spoke to uh, right around 100 pastors there in Chihuahua. Uh, this is church that's run by the pastor who also runs three orphanages in Chihuahua that we support. And one thing I want to point out about this church real quick is every time he comes here, he gets ideas, and he goes home, and he says, I'm going to build my church to look exactly like Mosaic. And so there's no coincidence that it looks pretty much like this auditorium right here. This last time I went... I was like, it's starting to look better than Mosaic. So uh, how'd you, where'd you get that? You know, so, but anyway, uh, we, I, I, I was able to, to speak to about 100 pastors, and there was a lot of encouragement and laughing and some stories and a few tears. And uh, part of the legacy offering that we collected last year, we used that, and I, I told the pastors, I said, I wish my wife and I could sit with a meal with every one of you and just encourage you and tell you how much our church uh, is thankful for what you're doing and pastoring people and all that. And so I said, we can't do that. But we can do this, and so with part of the legacy offering, we had an envelope for every pastor there, and we said, take your wife out for a meal on us just to know that you're appreciated and loved, and we're so thankful for the work you're doing. So thank you guys for doing that. And then while we were there, there are three orphanages. I'll talk more about this in a couple of months, but one of the orphanages is all uh, boys that are like 12, 13 years old on up. And some of them have um, handicaps, and so there's some who are physically handicapped, mentally handicapped, and some of them are even into their 20s, and they all shared this one bathroom. So you could imagine what that bathroom was like, right? And so I walked in. Have you ever been in a bathroom that you go, there's something wrong with the plumbing in here? You walk in, it's like, oh, you, you know what I mean? And so that's what it was like. And because of the legacy offering and your generosity, we dedicated some brand new bathrooms that were built at this orphanage. I'll share more pictures of that, and they had a, a ribbon cutting, they, they, they love that kind of ceremony. My scissors didn't work, so I'll show you the video of that sometime. Uh, but I just want to say thank you. We pastor the most generous church, and I'm so thankful for you. We are changing the world and making a significant difference. Let me, uh, real quick, uh, I didn't talk about this in the other services, but there's a movie out right now called Sound of Freedom that talks about, you know, child trafficking. It's really awful, and to be, to be completely honest, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm planning on it. But um, someone asked us, what, are we, is, what does the church do? Uh, let me tell you what we're doing. We support 100 kids in Mexico to keep them from being trafficked, which is a real problem in Mexico, and that's what we're doing. So in, we're in week two of this series, When Pigs Fly. Last week we talked about the miracle of salvation. We're talking about miracles, and six people were actually baptized last week, which is really awesome. Today we're going to continue that series, and I'm going to start us off with a question. Maybe, have you ever prayed this? God, if you get me through this, I promise I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Has anybody besides me ever prayed that, right? Maybe, maybe you were, it was a test that you hadn't studied for, and you said, God, please, supernaturally impart the answers into my brain. Is it A, B, C, or D? Please, God, help. I promise I'll study. Or, or you're driving and you're speeding and you see a cop. Oh, God, please. My husband, my wife, they'll be so mad if I get another ticket. Make him blind, God, just for a second. And I promise I'll serve you. Or maybe, maybe it was this. Maybe you were in this position giving your offering to the porcelain God, and you said, God, I promise if you get rid of this hangover, I'll never drink again. I promise. Has anybody else ever prayed something like, so what we're talking about when we pray like is we're asking God for protection, right? We want him to protect us. And the Bible talks about his protection. It says the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. So today, we're going to talk about how this works, the miracle of protection. Now, 
in 2019, I was in a hospital in Puerto Rico, and I've shared this story with you. I'll give you the short version. Um, I went into the hospital because I was in a lot of pain. They, they said uh, my appendix was, had ruptured and, or had torn, and I had a ball of, or an abscess of infection in my abdomen the size of a softball. So I could actually look down and, and see this ball in my abdomen. And um, so, so I'm there, and they, the, I was there for nine days, and at the end of the nine days, I was medically evacuated on a jet, and they brought me to Greeley, and I went to the hospital here in Greeley. They, they did a CAT scan on me, and sometime between when I left Puerto Rico and when they did that CAT scan, the, the mass disappeared. Now, there were hundreds of people praying for me during that time, uh, people I didn't even know praying for me, and when the doctor saw this, he uh, compared the two CAT scans, and he said, there's no medical explanation for what happened to you. You experienced a miracle. That's what happened, right? And so I was really thankful, and I was blown away, and I was excited. And I also felt really guilty because I was in Puerto Rico in the hospital and made some friends there with people who were dealing with the exact same thing. And for some reason, God didn't heal them the same way he healed me. Have you ever felt guilty about something? And, and so we've also have people here in this church that we've prayed for. And I've asked God, and I've begged God to do something, and God has remained silent. And I don't understand, but I want to address that tension in the room, because really what, what God is teaching us is, this is kind of the big lesson today. Obedience is my responsibility. The result is God's responsibility. So God tells us when someone is sick, pray for them. In obedience, we are going to pray for those people and believe that God will do what he wants to do. And then at the end of the day, it's up to him. And so we're going to look at a story in the Bible about some young men who um, had this crisis. And, and we, we all go through crisis at different times in our lives. Sometimes the crisis is relatively small, right? School starts tomorrow, and you still haven't bought your kids' school supplies. And you go to Target, and they're all out of number two pencils. And there's no Kleenex left in the whole store. I don't know why schools want so much Kleenex. I don't know what they do with that. But anyway... And so that's a little, but sometimes the crisis is big. Someone's health is taking a turn or there's a relationship that's struggling or, or work is a mess. And, and it's re I love the stories of when we can avoid the crisis, when it was close, but we, we made it, we got away. So, so I found this video of a lady who has a close call. Let's watch that again. I don't know where she was going, but I'll bet she went back home. She got in bed. She said, oh, you know, I'm just going to stay in bed today. We'll try it again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Eat some ice cream, watch some Hallmark. I don't know what she did. Um, here, here's another one. <laughs> Who is he talking to? Is it the president? Yes, Mr. President, sorry about that. I almost died, right? I know what that call really was. Baby, I told you, I don't know her. Like, I, I liked her picture on accident. I'm sorry. I, like, that's really what that was, right? Now, let me show you one more. Uh, before I show it to you, you need to know this man was not hurt, okay? It's going to be, okay. He, he's walking down the street in Saudi Arabia, and a panel of glass falls off a building. Watch what happens.
He has his little Saudi Arabian hat on with that ring. It, it gets so close, it knocks the ring off of his hat. Let's watch it in slow motion. I guarantee that guy went home and quit that job that he hates. He, he, he asked the girl out, and he took a trip. You know what I mean? Like, he got so close, and thankfully nothing happened. Now, I love those moments when it was close. But sometimes, God has us go through the fire. He doesn't, we don't avoid it, we go through it. So we're going to look at a story about three young men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are three young men who lived in the nation of Israel when the nation of Israel was conquered by the Babylonians. So the Babylonians were this brutal empire, and one of the things they would do to assimilate the conquered nations is they would take all of the best and smartest young men and bring them to Babylon. And then they would teach them their culture, their language, their history, and they would do everything they could to make them Babylonian. They would change their names. So they got these three young men out of Israel, but they couldn't get the God of Israel out of these three young men. These guys were committed to God. They loved God. And so uh, the, the king, his name is Nebuchadnezzar, he decides to build a giant statue of himself. Covers it in gold. It's 90 feet tall nine feet wide, and he, this is uh, what he commands everybody. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So the music starts playing, and these three young guys have a decision to make. The Bible miniseries, I think, does a great job of depicting this moment. I will not worship that. We follow you. We Bow your heads! And seek your presence. With all my heart, I follow you. I fear you. I seek your presence. Bring them! These three young men teach us something. They teach us that we've got to decide today what's going to move us tomorrow. These guys made an intellectual decision that they were going to serve God no matter what. Young people, those of you that are going back to school, middle school, high school, college, one of the most important decisions you're going to make is who are my friends going to be? 
Who am I going to choose as my friends? Because, let me tell you why your parents are so concerned about who your friends are. Because they know something you don't. They know that your friends are going to determine the kind of person you turn out to be. There's an old saying, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And that is true. And so you, you've got to be very careful about who you choose as your friends because they're either going to pull you up or they're going to pull you down. Now, I've spoken all over the country, uh, middle schools, high schools, and I've heard this so many times when I talk about this. But mister, he's my boyfriend, and I love him. How old are you, Hita? Fifteen. He took me to Walmart, went to the claw machine. He spent $7 to win me a bracelet, mister. Turn my wrist green, but I loved it. We went to the stampede. He got me one of those fake roses. I still have it on my nightstand. I love him so much. Now, I get it. I met my wife when I was 17. I'm not saying that you can't meet someone and find your spouse at a young age. I get that. But if that guy or that girl is not pulling you, moving you closer to your goals and closer to a relationship with God, then you need to let that sucker go. These guys made an intellectual decision. They decided we are going to serve God. It was a simple decision. It wasn't easy, but it was simple. And I guarantee they never saw this whole furnace thing coming. They never, I'm so glad that God isn't surprised by what happens to me. That I'm not like, God, man, I never saw that coming. And he's like, yeah, me either. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly what's going to happen. There's this, one of my favorite scriptures, he's talking to some religious teachers that hated him, and they're talking about Abraham, who, who's a father of our faith, who lived 2,000 years before Jesus lived. And this is what Jesus says. He says, very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now that sounds, the, the grammar sounds off, because it sounds like he should have said, before Abraham was, I was. But he doesn't. He says, before Abraham was, I am. What he's teaching us is that Jesus lives in a realm beyond time. He was there in the beginning, and he's still there right now. He, that's why God can heal your childhood trauma, because he's there right now. He can reach in to when you were seven years old and that thing happened, and he can pull the stinger out right now, because he's there right now. He's also here right now. He's also in the future right now. If you have surgery on Wednesday, he's in the operating room right now. If you have an interview on Thursday, he's in, the, in that uh, interview right now. He's everywhere. He's all the time at the same time. So these young men who are uh, struggling and, and they're afraid, God is there right now. So the king hears about what happened. He's furious. But to save face, he gives him one more chance. He says, if you guys bow, I'll, I'll give you one more chance. This is what they say. Now, these guys are probably teenagers, maybe 20, 21 years old. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Don't you like the boldness in that statement? Now, don't go to school and tell your teacher that, all right? <laughs> if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. These teenagers are staring down the most powerful man in the world, 
And, and they're respectful. They still call him your majesty, but they tell him, we are not going to bow. They're teaching us something else. There is great power in surrender. Instead of arguing, they didn't, they didn't have to talk about it. They didn't have to pray about it. They didn't have to fast about it. They didn't have to think about it. They get, didn't get on Facebook and said, oh, my God, prayers, please, and no details. Don't ask. You know what that really means? <laughs> please ask me what's going on, right? They didn't do any of that. They said, we know what God has told us to do. They had already decided ahead of time. They had a predetermined plan. They decided what would move them, uh, what they, were, they had decided what would move them, and so that their decision was we are going to be obedient to God. Now, they could have rationalized it. They could have said, well, all right, let's just pretend we're bowing, and we'll pretend we're worshiping, but in our hearts, we'll be singing Amazing Grace. They could have done that. They could have said, you know what, we'll do it. We'll go ahead and worship the thing, and then we'll ask for forgiveness later. God will, he'll, he'll understand. I mean, we wouldn't be any good anyway if, if God killed us. Who's going to tell these guys about the God of Israel? Nobody. So, so we'll do this for the greater good. They don't, they don't do any of that. They had predetermined their surrender to God, and they said, we're going to surrender and worship God no matter what. And I love this line. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we want you to know, we will not serve your gods or worship your image. Even, we know God can rescue us, but even if he does not. We know that God's going to provide, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. We know God's going to help me find a job, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to serve him. Can you imagine the conversation between these guys as they're talking about this? So are we in? Are we out? We're doing this? We're doing this? All right, pinky swear? You know, like, I don't know, I don't know how they did that, but somehow they made a decision. I'm going to trust God no matter what. Job, in the book of Job, one of the most powerful things he says is he says, Lord, if even though you slay me, yet I'll praise you. Isn't that crazy? What a crazy thing to say. God, though you slay me, even if you're killing me, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to trust you knowing that everything you're doing is for my good. These guys are, have that same mentality. So the king is frustrated. He's embarrassed. The party's ruined. The taqueros were there. The bounce house. They had t-shirts made. Nobody wants one now. So this is what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in, the ar in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Now, these guys had not read the book of Daniel. They didn't know what was going to happen. It was being live-tweeted as they did this. You get what I'm saying? They didn't have a vision that God would rescue them. They, they just surrendered and trusted even as they're going into the fire, you don't see them struggling or begging or trying to negotiate. They decided we're going to glorify God no matter what. Now, there's two possible outcomes. Either God rescues them and he's glorified, or they die and they're with Jesus. But they said, either way, we win. I want you to know that God has set you up and set the game up so that either way, you win. So the king is watching, and he's waiting to see what happens. He's waiting to hear them scream. He's waiting to watch them burn. 
And this is what he says. He says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. How many went in there? Three. Who's the fourth? It's called the pre-incarnate Christ. It was Jesus. Jesus, as these guys took a stand for him, Jesus walks through the fire with them. There are some times you'll never experience God until you're in the middle of the fire, and then you'll see him. And you're going to see him in ways you've never seen him before. I could tell you, I've never experienced the presence of God like I experienced it laying in that crappy hospital bed in Puerto Rico. But God entered the room so many times and spent time with me, and I never would have experienced that any other way. Jesus was in the fire. And he says, and the fourth, look at me. He says, they're unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Remember, they went in tied. Remember that? And now they're untied. The only thing that the fire burned was what was tying them up and binding them. The only thing the fire burned was what was holding them down. Everything else was protected. They didn't burn it all. Their clothes didn't get charred. The only thing that... God looked at the fire and he said, okay, you can burn this far, no further. These are my children. These are my sons. I'm protecting them. God has that same feeling about you. So the Bible says, if you keep reading that, he says, hey, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I'm sorry. It's pretty much what he tells them. Come out of here. So they come out and he says, from now on, I want the whole nation of Babylon to worship and serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it creates an incredible revival in the city because of the faithfulness of these three young guys. They teach us one last thing. They, say, I'm, we, they teach us that we are going to come out stronger. These three men walk out with more influence than they ever had before, with greater faith than they ever had before, with greater trust and greater knowledge of God and who He is than they ever had before. Their faith now to, for God to do things is so much stronger. I wish there was some other way to grow faith, but I, can, I, I, I know this works when you walk through the fire and come out the other side. I don't, I don't know how to pray for a lot of stuff, but I know that if you have a, a 12 centimeter abscess, size of a softball in your stomach, I know God can get rid of that. The only way I learned that was in the fire. Takes us back to our final point. Obedience is my responsibility. All they did was be obedient. The result was God's responsibility. So remember, I love this line. God we serve is able to deliver us from the fire. The God we serve is able to help us through this financial mess. The God we serve is able to find me a husband or a wife. The God we serve is able to help me get control of these kids. The God we serve is able to help me at work or with my business. But even if he does not, I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to fall down on my knees and lift up his name. My kids are going to serve God, but even if they don't, I'm still going to trust him. My husband's going to get a better job, but even if he doesn't, I'm going to trust him. God can heal my body. I believe he's going to, but even if he does not, with my last breath, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus because we are protected. And either way, we win. So I want to pray for the kids that are going back to school tomorrow. I know there's going to be a lot of tears, some uh, sad from the kids, some happy from the parents. Uh, but I want to pray especially that God would protect our kids. So if your kids are here, would you put your hand on them? If they're not, uh, just think of them. We're going to pray over, over all of the students going back to school. Lord, we pray, Lord, especially for the protection 
for the miracle of protection over our babies. I pray, Father, that there would not be a single incident that would endanger a student in District 6 or any of the surrounding school districts, those that are joining us online, wherever they're at. God, I pray for the, our students and our kids. I pray, Lord, that they would be full of wisdom, that they would be at the top of their class, Father. I pray that you would give them ability and creativity beyond their years. I pray that you would give them favor and surround them with good students, Lord, and good friends that will uh, help them get closer to you. I pray that their kids would be leaders and not followers, that you would give them favor with their teachers. I pray, that, Lord, that more than anything, that they would love you and that they, their lives would look like Jesus. Be with our kids, Father, as they go back to school. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two more things. One, if you're going to college, uh, is the, when is the deadline for the scholarship? This week. Uh, we we want to help you with that. One of the most significant things I think we do here is we've handed out over the years 32 different scholarships to people going back to school. Would love to help you with that. There's an application on our website. Last thing, I want to pray for all the teachers going back to school. Um, so if you're here and you're a teacher, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, as you leave, would you stop by the info cart? They're going to ask you for a little bit of information, what school you're at and whatever, uh, because we want to pray for you throughout the year. We want to pray for all of our teachers throughout the year. And two, we want to pray over you right now. So if you're a teacher and you're here, would you just stand real quick so we could pray over you? I know we've got some teachers here. One right there, right here, right here, here. Look at all the teachers. Let's pray. Go ahead, stay standing. Let's pray. Father. We pray for every teacher in this room, everyone joining us online, every teacher in our district, Father. I pray that you would give them wisdom and creativity uh, beyond their ability, Father, that they could reach kids that maybe other people can't reach. And I pray that also that you would give them supernatural patience, Lord, for the struggles and the things that they're about to deal with. I pray that you would give them creativity, that you would give them protection, that they would pr be protected in every way. And God, just selfishly, I'm asking for these guys, no bad kids. All right, God, just give them good kids. All right? We trust you and we love you. Thank you for these folks that are serving in our schools. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The whole reason that Mosaic Church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. If you've been here before, you've heard us say that. And some of you are here this morning, and I believe there are some of you here that are going through the fire and the step of obedience that God wants you to take is to commit your life to him. He wants you to give him your life. And so this morning we're gonna say a very simple prayer and there's nothing special about the words, it's your heart behind it. But I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes and I want everybody to repeat after me. Hey, dear Jesus, this morning I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross, for walking through the fire with me. This morning I pray you'd wash me and make me new. Help me to walk this new walk. In your name I pray, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, I just wanna say welcome to the family of God. We couldn't, we are so excited for you. This is the best decision you could have ever made in your life. Um, but we also know that saying that prayer is just the first step in your walk with Christ. And so uh, usually we have a QR code up here. Our screen still isn't working for some reason, but you can scan one of the QR codes on the backs of your chairs, click on new believer, uh, and we just have a gift we want to send you to help you take some of those next steps in your walk with Christ. But real quick, I know we're a little short on time, so I just have a couple quick announcements. The first one is coming up on August 27th at 5 p.m. We're having our Discover Mosaic class. If you're new to Mosaic or you've been coming for a little while but you haven't been through this class, 
this is a great place to get started, to learn more about who we are as a church, kind of what we believe, some of the things that we do, but also how you can get involved, how you can be a part of what we're doing, how you can impact uh, this community. And so uh, if you haven't been to that, please, you can scan the QR code on the backs of the chair to sign up, or you can stop by the info center to sign up on your way out. Uh, but we would love to see you there August 27th at 5 p.m. Then the last thing, to celebrate back to school, uh, we have a treat that we want to give you. One of our members was gracious enough to, to help us out with this, but we you might have seen the slushy truck on your way in this morning. Uh, so we just want to, this is on us. So please, uh, just one per person. Okay, I know some of you, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get one for everybody. One per person, uh, but grab a treat on your way out. We just want to bless you as these kids go back to school. Um, but then the last thing is we're going to continue to worship through our giving as we finish up this morning. And um, I love, I love the things that we're doing at the orphanage in Mexico. If you've been through our Discover class, you know that that's just one of many areas that we are impacting our, our community and our world. Um, but if you are giving this morning, you can see up on the screen several ways to give. But let's pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you've given us, Lord. We, we recognize that everything that we have comes from you. And so this morning we give to you just a portion of that back with a joyful and a generous heart because we recognize that everything that we have comes from you. So we pray that you would take this offering, that you would multiply it, that you would continue to use it to make your name famous, Lord. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, as you're leaving, if you would like some additional prayer this morning, we have a couple folks up here that would love to pray for you. But with that, have a great Sunday. We love you. We'll see you next week.